the world needs accountants and you'll be accountants but you've got to pass the junior course don't fret about it we've been here before we'll tell you all about it on accountant for Welcome to Accounted For, your weekly junior core podcast that accounts for your experiences in real time. We provide you with the student-to-student insider scoop, survival tips, suggestions, and stories all relevant to what you are experiencing each week. I'm your host, Hannah Biesinger, from the junior core class of 2020. Quote, a man's true greatness is not in what he says he is, nor in what people say he is, but really in what he really is. Our integrity determines what we really are, close quote. This was a statement made by Joseph B. Worthlin in his general conference address entitled Personal Integrity. Living with integrity is something we all want to do. I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning and thinks, today I'm going to live unethically. But I do think that people find themselves caught in situations where they might feel like there is no other way. But as President Thomas S. Monson invites, may we ever choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. I feel like often society tends to justify taking the easy route. And sometimes easy is right. But when it's wrong, it's still wrong. I'm sure many of you will remember the fraud triangle we all studied, memorized, and came to love in AIS and audit. But that has so many implications, the pressure, rationalization, and opportunity. Pressure will always be there. Rationalization can be scary easy, and opportunities do present themselves. But circling back to that quote I mentioned at the beginning, who are you really? When even each of these three elements are there, what will you do? I believe that that is the mark of true integrity, the choice to do the right even when it is so easy to do the wrong. And that comes, it comes from within. It comes from previous choices made, personal commitments to oneself, and an eternal overarching perspective of what really matters. So what does living ethically look like? Try and answer this question for yourself. To me, living ethically and with integrity means being fiercely true to my word. I want what I say to have meaning behind it, so I choose my words carefully. Living ethically means being honest in my dealings with my fellow man. It means being honest in my dealings with myself even, and being completely transparent in my relationship with my Heavenly Father and my Savior. So I ask again, what does it look like to you? While you're thinking about that, I've invited Ryan Quaid and Keith Phillips to provide their insights into why living ethically is important. Ryan, one of the defining characteristics of accounting is honesty and integrity. Beyond the obvious, why would you say ethics and integrity are important attributes to have, and how would you recommend developing them? Yeah, excellent question, because as a profession, we are extremely sensitive to this, right? WorldCom, Enron. I mean, here we are 20 years later, and it's still impacting us as students. Um, Because one of the great things of CPAs was, hey, you can trust a CPA, 100% ethical. Um, And so when that trust was breached, I think it was a crisis of identity for us as a profession and us just as accountants. Um, But, you know, honestly, beyond the the professionalism, because that's how you get deals. I I think it goes back to just a question of why do you live? So um, I remember listening to this interview 
from the founder of Cobra Beer, actually. <laughs> um, he, a British businessman, and he was talking about how when he was at Harvard Business School, one of the most life-changing moments was when Clayton Christensen brought them in as Harvard Business MBAs. It was, I think, their third year, right? Their final year. And just said, hey, what is the purpose of your life? And he said it was just such a transformational question and, and experience. I was like, that's great. But, you know, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or as BYU students, uh, we're, we've been asking this our whole life, right? What is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? What What's my role? What's my identity? And so I think integrity is core to your identity, right? It's part of the character of God is that we can rely on God 100%. His promises are sure. So we go around and we say, well, what's the purpose of life? To become like God. So if we're not willing to do that now, what does that say about how we're fulfilling our purpose, right? So I think um, God has placed us all in these specific circumstances. Heavenly Father has put you in this specific orbit. And so the question is, what am I going to improve? How am I going to live? How am I going to how how am I going to be have integrity to what He's put me in? Like hundred percent truthful to what He has put me here to do. Am I going to ignore it? Well, that's an option. Or am I going to fulfill it? Um, you ask how how can we develop integrity or ethics or honesty? Um, so there's this great book. It's called In His Steps fantastic little novel um, not particularly well written but the moral of the story is okay what if you're a businessman or a newspaper executive or a or a performer an artist and you truly ask if Jesus was in my situation doing this profession what what would he do so if Jesus was an accounting student at Brigham Young University what would he do and write it out or if Jesus was working, you know, at the big four as a, as a staff, what would he do? And honestly, that was a life-changing moment for me because I thought, hey, you know, it's not just a man in Galilee like walking 2,000 years ago. He's here and we can really truthfully ask, how can we be 100% honest, 100% truthful to that identity that we've taken upon ourselves, the name of Christ, right? Um, so that's a little bit of an alternative spin. Than, than tr- but you guys have just had, what, two, three hours of the traditional professional. So so a different kind of insight into what does it mean to be honest, to be truthful to who you are as your eternal identity. Yeah. Keith, why would you say integrity is important? Yeah, so I am in the ethics of accounting class right now because I'm a first-year Mac. And the class is taught by Professor Harmon, and he's great. So it's a little plug for the class. But this whole idea of being in an ethical dilemma, when you boil it down, it's really just two or maybe more values in conflict with one another. Um, So if, for example, my boss tells me some sort of information and requires me to keep that to myself as a secret, and then later on a coworker comes up to me and, and asks me about the very subject that I've been asked to keep to myself... There's this idea of honesty, right, and wanting to be transparent with your coworker um, in conflict with the fact that you've, you need to keep a promise to your boss, right, and be loyal to that. Um, and maybe I didn't necessarily paint that in a way that seems like it's a dilemma, right, but it's just sort of a simple example. 
Um, but I think it's important to recognize those situations and, and have the ability to recognize those situations um, to be able to come up with some alternative decisions and understand the consequences for, for an action that you could take. Right in in those moments, oftentimes you don't have much time to think, you don't have much time to react, and so understanding the different types of situations, the different types of dilemmas that you could be put in, and sort of understanding what you could do, I think will definitely help all of us in our careers. Right, this idea of business business ethics and wanting to be ethical in business it's kind of almost an oxymoron right um but of course we need to be ethical in business um and so how can we develop that well first take professor Harmon's class um but i've and in that class we we learned about a book called tiny habits which i'm actually reading right now it's by bj fogg is the author and he talks about this idea of if you want to develop some sort of new habit or new skill, you really just have to uh, take three steps. The first is to have some sort of motivation to want to do that uh, or some sort of goal, right? So if, say, I want to better my scripture study, right, I can. that's sort of my motivation. And then I have to take the next step of creating some sort of habit some tiny thing that I can do on whatever regular basis I decide, in this case daily, right? So let's say I read one verse or one chapter of Scripture every day of the Book of Mormon, let's say. And then once I do that, I go ahead and go on to step three and do some sort of positive reinforcement. So what I've been doing is I've quite literally taken my fist, pumped it up into the air, and said, I did it. I'm awesome. Which sounds super cheesy, right? Super duper cheesy. But it's this idea that I am doing what I've set out to do, and I want to celebrate myself. And over time, it becomes so much easier to do, right? It becomes so much easier to do that, and I even look at myself in, in a better light. So how can we apply that to ethics? Well, I think it's just this whole idea of understanding the different types of situations that you could be put in and sort of going through practice with yourself almost and, and asking yourself the question, what, what could I do, right? And then going on and, and somehow incorporating that into a habit into your life. And then celebrate yourself, you know, because you're, you're working on that skill, which is a very good thing. So that's what I have to say about that. To get some additional insights from Ryan and Keith, what does it look like and feel like to you to be accounted for? So when I was a, um, a young lad, I was in Civil Air Patrol. It's a great organization. Um, the Air Force has it for... Um, primarily it's, you know, for like leadership development for teenagers. Um, and so you're in this line and I'm sure anybody who's done ROTC or JROTC or in the military, um, has this feeling of just being in this line and having the staff sergeant go through and make sure like who's there are all accounted for. So when you asked this question, I thought that 
comes to mind, that mental picture of somebody going through and saying, yes, everyone is here. Everyone is accounted for. Um, so what, what does that look like? What does that feel like? I think that means in a, in a real sense that every, per, every person has individual skills, right? You all have individual skills. You all have individual traits, talents. And you were admitted into the accounting program. You were admitted into BYU to, 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 to give those skills, to give that talent to our community, right? And without, without you being here, we cannot, we cannot accomplish what we're trying to accomplish here. Uh, without your contributions, those traits, those talents become unaccounted for. So we can't afford that tragedy. Um, we have to deeply listen and encourage other people, I think, to share their talents so that everybody, every scale, every unique human being is accounted for. Yeah, so before coming here, I actually looked this up of what does it mean to be accounted for. And Merriam-Webster says to give a reason or explanation for something or to understand and know the whereabouts of something, right? And, and I love that, right? I think to be accounted for, I think of this idea of having accountability in our lives to other people. Right. So when we're growing up, right, before we leave the house to go to go to college or to serve a mission or to do whatever, we're we're usually held accountable by our parents, right? Our our parents account for us. Uh and, and I love that idea that um that our parents or our family members or loved ones or our friends, whoever it might be in your own life, um, understands you enough and, and knows where you are right to because they care right they do all those things because they care and i think it's important to to have those connections in our lives in order to always have accountability to somebody and so i think this idea of connection with you know our parents and our loved ones that's great right and this whole idea that us as future accountants will be accounting for, you know, debits and credits and all these different charts of accounts. Um, that's great, right? And, and that's a way that we make a living. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, we're also, we also have a, a loving Father in Heaven that accounts for us and knows who we are and knows what we're going through and isn't just letting that go by the wayside, right? He's doing a monthly close, if you will, right? And making sure that everything eventually comes into order, that there is a plan and a path for us to take so that we can return to live with him. And so I, I just think that's great. A huge thank you to Ryan and Keith. Integrity is of utmost importance, not only in our careers and professions, but in our lives in general. I believe a key characteristic of living with integrity is being 100% responsible, which, fun fact, is also the title of an incredible devotional that I try to live my life by. I remember my freshman year, I took a Book of Mormon class, and one of the challenges my professor gave us was to live seven days with 100% accountability. 
I thought to myself, oh, easy. I never make excuses. And then subsequently found myself making an excuse about five minutes later. Maybe it was, well, I didn't understand the material because the the teacher didn't teach it well enough or there was nothing I could do about that situation or I didn't have enough time or this or that or whatever it was. I just started to become aware of um, my, my ownership. Now, you can obviously take this to the extreme, but it was such an interesting exercise simply to try to be conscious of what I push off versus what I take ownership for. So even in my studies of the Book of Mormon, I've seen the importance of accountability. In 1 Nephi chapter 15, verse 8, Nephi asks Laman and Lemuel if they have inquired of the Lord to receive the insights that Nephi and Lehi had received about the gospel. In verse 9, Laman and Lemuel complained to Nephi, saying, We have not, for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us. These two are blaming their lack of knowledge and testimony on the Lord. In other words, they are not taking responsibility for their own testimonies and experiences. What I realized when I thought further about this is that doing so almost removes your ability to use the atonement of Jesus Christ to change and to be better and to do better, which is pretty scary. In this example, uh, because Laman and Lemuel will not accept that there is something they can do to change, they won't be able to use his atoning sacrifice to make a change for their betterment because they won't take accountability for their choices. So what's the moral of the story? (laughs) The moral of the story is to decide now. Decide now to live with integrity in all of your dealings. Clayton Christensen spoke of how it is easier to live the commandments 100% of the time than 98% of the time. This is also true of making ethical choices. So live by integrity and you will be in the right even if it's one of the harder rights you choose. Your School of Accountancy family wishes you the best as you go about this week. Be sure to tune in next time, and as you go about your junior core experience, just know that you are accounted for. That's all for now. Accounted for. Accounted for is directed and hosted by Hannah Biesinger, music by Shemay and Cassie Budd, engineered and edited by Josh Bauer. This is a reminder that this podcast and what is said on it is in no way an official position or declaration of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Brigham Young University, or the School of Accountancy.